Welcome back to another edition of The Gray Gang. My name is L.A. Gray. And I'm B.J. Gray. <laughs> You're going to do this every week? B.J. Gray. You're so um, So, today we're coming with another one. Another fire. It's going to be coming with the new NXT 2.0 and AEW Dynamite Review. And I know y'all probably like, well, why didn't y'all do it separately? We don't do it that way. We want to do one, combine one, and then we'll do Friday Night Smackdown on Sundays. But uh, let's get to the review. Go on ahead, baby. What happened first in uh, NXT 2.0? So they opened up the show with LA Knight doing a little promo to the camera. He's supposed to be in the main event tonight, or well, the quasi-main event tonight, uh, going for that NXT championship belt, and some newbie comes up to him, and is just all eager and excited, and his little pink singlet, and he wants to fight, so LA Knight, being the dummy that he is, says, you know what, you want to fight? Come on out here, I'll fight you right now, I'll beat the brakes off of you. And, you know, that's not how it ended for him, but anyway, so the first match of the night ends up being LA Knight versus Braun Breaker says his name is. Yeah, Braun Breaker. Oh, they're calling it Breaker. Yeah, you're gonna break your back. Why is it spelled like that? AKA Rick Steiner's son, aka Scott Steiner's nephew. And he looks just like a Steiner, a natural in the ring. He looks like Vince's wet dream. The dude looks ripped. He is jacked. He's huge. But he does look pretty athletic. I'm pretty excited for his future. He's definitely going to have to work on his promo abilities. You know, he's got some big shoes to fill there with a uh, big pump of pump in the family. But uh, I think he could do it, man. I think he's got a lot of potential. A lot of raw talent I'm seeing here. Off rip. Seems like I see a lot of athleticism in, in him. Uh, you can see the amateur wrestling background from uh, his father and his uncle. He just, he just seems like he's going to have the, he's going to have the part. We're gonna, like you said, we're going to see what his character's like and everything. Uh, we'll talk about later what he did at the end of the show. But um, he won with a nasty, like, power slam. Had him just a, like, it was like a Bill Goldberg power slam back in the 90s. Like, beautiful ending to the match. Uh, not much else to say. Man, this guy's going to be impressive. Can't wait to see what they're going to do next with him. Uh, it looks like they're going to toss him to the wolves. But we're going to see. We'll get to that later, but uh, L.A. Knight, good on the mic like always, great charisma, putting people over pretty early here, but... Uh, He's been taking L after L after L lately. It's sickening. A lot of L's for L.A. Knight. Supposed to be the uh, million-dollar megastar, but he's looking like the million-dollar loser, so <laughs> we'll see what happens with them. What happened after that? So the next match was between Imperium and uh, these two new country boys. Where their names Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. So one of them, was it Briggs that was in the breakout tournament? Mm -hmm. Didn't make it very far, but I liked him. Big boy who can move. And then, you know, this new partner he's got, Jensen. Looks a little generic if you ask me, but you know. Looks like the uh, creative, the starting create character off of a Dead E 2K game. <laughs> Pretty pathetic, to be honest. Um, He's got a lot to learn, but I mean, 
that's what this new 2.0 is all about i guess i think i was happy to see that imperium got the win a team that we already have seen a team that's been together for years it made it it made it seem like hey you know i mean Bron- uh bronson and briggs are gonna have to work more on you know being a team you know what i mean we've been a team for years you know you're a collective unit you should still be winning you should be beating teams that just got put together last week this week so i'm glad imperium looks strong i wonder if walter is gonna make that finally come on down to nxt for good and join his brethren here but uh it's a good match uh I want to say it was Fabian Eichner won with a move off the top rope. I want to say it was like a some type of slam, like a pump handle slam or some type of slam off the top rope. Pretty cool, whatever. But um, Perium's still a good team. Uh, I wouldn't put them. In, I would not make them tag team champions again. They're, they're just a good team to have. At some point, I would like to see them move up with Walter, of course. They're very boring without Walter. Mm-hmm. Great wrestlers, but. There's nothing without Walter to me. You know what I mean? Just, That's what, what really do? takes them up a notch is Walter. Without Walter, they're just like any other tag team. Exactly. Nothing special about them. This next segment was a uh, promo in the back with uh, Hit Row. So they're still here in this new 2.0 edition of NXT. Don't know how I feel about it just yet, but you know, they're still here. They're, all the guys are hyping up B-Fab, saying how... Um, beautiful and bossed up and all these other fabulous B words that they can come up with to rap about how great she is and B-Fab is getting ready to make her in-ring debut next. So I was interested to see what was going to happen here because obviously if you've been watching NXT for a while, you've seen Hit Row come out and she's always in heels and doing some dumbass dancing shit. So... She was very much giving valet, and now they want to put her in the ring. So I wanted to see what she had. So she came out after the commercial break with Hit Row in sneakers this time. High socks, like she was ready, you know, to do some work in the ring. I was like, okay, okay. And then she gets in the ring, and she's dancing around with the boys. And they're doing all this, you know, big, long entrance for her. And then in the corner, there's this little girl. Quite literally, a little girl. She looks like all of 4'11 in a mask in the shadows, waiting for B-Fab to be done with her rapping entrance. The generic version of Rey Mysterio. Some jobber with the last name Cortez. Katrina Cortez. A regular regular name. I've never... You think about everyone that has masks. They have kind of cool names. Rey Mysterio. What a cool name. Penta El Zero Miedo. Rey... Phoenix, cool fucking names. We get this basic ass Katrina Cortez, man. Isn't that the girl from Spy Kids? What the fuck? <laughs> like, just a regular ass name and shit. I'm like, why have a mask on and have that regular ass name? Like, what the fuck? It was just, it was just dumb. Well, you know, it didn't really matter what her name was because <laughs> if you saw what B Fab did in the ring, it really wasn't that impressive. And yet, somehow, the jobber couldn't get it done. I mean, this is one match where I was really almost rooting for the jobber to win because she just looked so Bambi first time walking. I don't know if she was nervous because it was her first time in the ring or what was going on. <sighs> Awkward ass kicks. Look, it, looked like she, it looked like she needs more, like you said, more time in the performance center. I saw awkward ass kicks. I saw her, I think one time, uh, what was it? Just yank her and throw her 
from her with her hair. I'm like, that's not a real move, whatever. And then she hit it with a basic ass neck breaker. Basic ass neck breaker that for the win. I, I've seen for everybody. For the win. I'm like, I've seen this done by everybody. This is a regular just, you know, one count, maybe a two count. And she's getting a three count. I'm not sure if she was really prepared to wrestle by the way that she was dressed. I don't know if this was like a last minute thing, and maybe that's why she looks so awkward. But I really would like to see her get some real gear, put put your hair up because her hair is all on her face, it's everywhere, swinging around. Like, how are you gonna get anything done like that? Come to work prepared, like you're ready to really get in the ring. It seemed like it was last minute. They told her that she was gonna go on five minutes before, and she just happened to have some sneakers in her trunk. Like that's literally how she came down to the ring totally unprepared as far as i could see she did get the win however so you know good for her and her debut and then of course they had to have that interruption at the end of their celebration by the god of del fantasma with their new female member and that seems like the feud that they're gonna set up well not even seems like it is the feud that they're setting up right now for them to fight i guess next week so it looks like bfab's gonna be in the ring pretty consistently right now so she needs that she needs to practice I hope she's practicing off camera as well because she definitely needs it. And from what I understand, the chick that's in Logata Del Fantasma's group is experienced. And the last thing you want is to be looking embarrassed by somebody else when you're supposed to be big shit. I'm not really impressed with B Five in the ring yet. We'll need to see some more progression. I'm sure we'll get that. Uh this Legato Del Fantasma feud, I'm kind of done with this shit. They need to go ahead and have Swerve Scott and uh, Escobar go ahead and face off and then have, let's move on after that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing else to do with this. I mean, they were doing this in the old NXT and now it's supposed to be the new NXT and you're still doing this. So I don't understand where we're going with it. Let's wrap it up. I agree. So our next segment that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Carmelo Hayes who comes out with this new character. At least he's new to me. I haven't seen him I've heard of me either. Trick Williams. Trick Williams. What type of name? So, at first, it seems like Trick Williams might be, like, some type of bodyguard or something for Carmelo. He comes out. He's talking about how he has a target on his back now ever since he won the breakout tournament. And so, wherever he goes, Trick goes. When he eats, Trick eats. You know what I mean? When he gets put on, Trick gets put on. All that good stuff. They like Trick on the mic a little bit. Brother needs some more practice, too. All these people, these new people they got coming on. There's a lot of raw potential, but nobody. it doesn't seem like anybody is really giving them any real direction here. And you know what? I didn't say this to you earlier, but... Did it seem like these two were friends beforehand? I'm not getting friend vibes. I'm getting I've just been put together vibes. Oh, for sure. I didn't get, you know, it oh, doesn't my seem boy. natural. Yeah, this is my boy Trick. Nah, this it is seems not very much so. I'm black, he's black, they put us together, and we gotta act like we're homies now. Yeah. I just didn't get the vibe that, you know, these two were like best friends for years. Like Triple H Shawn Michaels type of stuff. I did not get the that. The way he said he just called him up. Yeah. And said, Are you about it? <laughs> Chick said, yeah, I'm about it, about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, bro. What a joke. Like, I don't know. I don't know who's right. I mean, obviously, we know Vance and Bruce Pritchard. Obviously, we know done. somebody that's not black is writing the script, oh, and it's coming off very unauthentic. Like I said, it's just so weird that it's like, the way he was talking was like, rapping to spoken word. I'm like, we literally just had hit road to a segment. Like, you need- Yeah, I don't know why they put their segments back to back either. That was a bit 
it's a bit much. I know people have to be thinking, well, why don't they just put Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams with Hit Row? <laughs> I mean, you have to be thinking that in the back of your head. Like, why don't we just do Because that? there can only be one black group. I just don't think the NXT does not need two black groups. You know what I mean? It just makes no <laughs> sense to me to have two black groups. They want to be diverse, and I admire that. But I'm just saying, the only thing I'm saying is if you're going to have black people saying these black phrases, these slang, all that good stuff, have a black person write it. Please don't try to interpretate our culture. You know, they have a lot of black writers in the And that, so, like I said, if you're going to be diverse in your talent, then you need to be diverse in your staffing. That's, I mean, all of that needs to reflect itself. All of that needs to reflect the audience as well. You can tell hate row rice and all stuff. And that's pretty obvious. Yikes. Um, anyway, so apparently Trick is about about it and he's going to be with Carmelo Hayes from now on. He also convinces Carmelo that um, he's the chosen one. And somehow that sparks in Carmelo that he should turn heel. So he we, is, we don't know if he's heel yet. It's very heel. We now know he doesn't need to be humble anymore. It's very heel tendencies. We don't know. We don't know if he's heel All yet. All it took was a brush of a shoulder and homie was ready to jump. <laughs> now listen. The fake ass Wade Barrett. What's now his listen. name? Duke Harrison? Duke, Duke or Hudson. Whatever. But listen... How it went down was Duke said, hey, listen, you got lucky in that breakout tournament. I'm just letting you know. And then he literally pushed both of them out the way. And Trick was like, this is what I'm talking about. I ain't taking this shit no more. We need to go ahead and handle business. He goes in the Trick ring. Trick is definitely healed. You can't tell me Trick's not healed. <laughs> you Don't. can't tell me Trick's not healed. They were provoked. They were provoked. Very slightly provoked. I mean, come on, bruh. They were provoked. They well, have no self-control. That's If that's what provoking is, they have no self-control. We need to see what happens in the upcoming weeks. We need to see what happens. They kind of low key. They kind of low key. Ronnie King do cuts, and I kind of like it low key. But oh my gosh! I don't want to go. <laughs> this thought was funny. Like these two black dudes, jumping this white dude, was like kind of funny to me. But it's all good. It was a good segment overall. I like Carmelo Hayes. Great wrestler. Trick Williams. He did show some athleticism here. Could be a good little team, but I don't think they're gonna be going for the tag team belts because he has that breakout tournament. I expect him to be facing Tommaso Champa. In the next coming month or so. So I don't... If he ain't going for Champa, we have a problem with that. I don't need black-on-black crime right now. (laughs) Yes. So the next match that was on this card was a tag team match that turned into... uh, What do you call it? Like a six-man tag tag match between um, Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter, and um, Mandy Rose's Minions. One of the names Judy Dolan and something Jane, like Janet Janet J or something like that. Jane. JC Jane. Yeah, JC Jane. She's uh, who cares? They're not over with me. I really don't care. I don't care how many matches Mandy wins for them. I really just don't care. I'm not into it. Anyway, so Casey Caden Darrow and uh Caden end up teaming up with Soraya. And obviously Mandy comes out and joins her minions. They have a little battle. It really was Mandy Rose, the star of the show tonight, and Soraya. The other people really weren't. Caden Carter had a couple of moves that I was like, oh, wow. What is she doing with Casey Catanzaro? But for the most part, it was all Mandy and Soraya to me, in my opinion. What do you think? Um, Yeah, I mean, the GG girl, she's just there really, I think, to sell. Um, they hit maybe a couple moves. Like, I think one hit a... Uh, 
like a senton another one hit like a mm-hmm. i think one hit like a suplex here and there but for the most part they're getting dominated by casey which is embarrassing but um casey <laughs> hit like a couple kicks use her athleticism kanan was the one who was kind of dominating for their team she hit a couple nasty kicks on manny rose use her athleticism drop kick in the corner with the splash classic move by kanan and yes yeah, saray uh, is she's pretty good man saray is really good um I actually like Sheree more than I like Io Shirai, to be honest, but I, I know, agree. I know people love these people love Io Shirai. So. And I don't know if that's because she doesn't try to talk, so I don't have to like bear through her awful like version of the American language, but Yeah, I think Sheree, she has some talent. But yeah, Manny Rose did win the match with the that nasty like uh running like knee strike on uh Caden. Knocked her out for the three count. So, and I think they have a new name of their group. I think it's called Toxic Something. I saw the name of the group uh, not so long ago. They had like a thing. They had like a uh, on the YouTube page. Like after the NXT, she named the group. It's like Toxic Something. They're not promoting it very well. Normally, when you name a group, you see a T-shirt come out or something. They're all wearing their own shit. I um, haven't heard anybody say the name. Not even the announcers when they come out or anything. I doubt anyone's gonna be wearing their shirts. So, you have to worry about that. <laughs> Well, there you go. Someone from like, someone from like fucking the Netherlands or Italy will buy it, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't believe we just did that. So the next match on the card is going to be Ridge Holland versus Drake Maverick. What a squash match! No need to even really talk about it. I almost kind of want to skip over it because I mean, obviously Ridge Holland dominated, completely destroyed Drake Maverick. He never had a chance. Poor little fella. Who was the guy that came out with Drake Maverick, though? I don't know. I don't have his name written down, but they did, like, put his name, like, underneath Drake's name. And he was just standing. Oh, here it is. Grayson Waller. I don't know who that is. He Maybe. just stood outside. He didn't really say or do much. And then he just coddled him when he lost. Folks, like, we definitely watch the product, like, usually every week. But I don't know any of these new people. They just have them come out and they expect you to know who they are. I do not know who Grayson Waller is. Yeah, speaking of people who we don't know who are, the Creed brothers are apparently the new addition to Diamond Mine. Plus this new chick. What was her name? Sky something? It's probably written down here somewhere. Well, the two guys, they came last week. They, they uh, Creed brothers, they were on the show last week. They debuted with uh, Diamond Mine last week and they added the female this week. And these two are pretty impressive. Um, they're going to be a good tag team. I'd like to see them in about two months, few with MXK, they'll be good. They'll be a good team to few with MXK. So I wouldn't mind that happening. Um, they got some talent. So um, they got to beat up on some jobbers, some literally unnamed jobbers. They killed and destroyed those jobbers. And uh, the chick, uh, what's her name? I don't have her name, but she's super Sh- swole. Yeah, she's muscular as hell. She was uh, the winner of the Titan Games in 2019 with The Rock, so I'm sure The Rock put in a good word for it again to WWE. Um, I mean, look at her. I mean, she's going to be... She has the potential to probably be a star. We'll see. She's pretty short, so... She is, but I'm thinking she's going to make up for it in power. I'm hoping that they're not going to treat her like a shorty G. I could see her, like, getting the shorty G treatment. I don't know if she's that short compared to women. Like shorty is compared to men. I don't know if she's that short. She's looking all of four eleven, dog. I mean, she has to be around the same height as like. Can you imagine her versus Charlotte? Well, I mean, her versus Bianca, even her versus Becky. 
Well, she's not shorter than Becky. Becky's like, what, 5'4", five, 5'5"? Five, five? Yeah, that's all. That's, I mean, they, well, I think like, no. even Becky would tower over this that girl. That girl's probably like 5'2". I think her best bet, I don't think she's 5'2". I think she's like 4'11". I think her best bet <laughs> is against like maybe a Casey Catanzaro. Okay. Or maybe like Casey one Catanzaro of these. Casey Catanzaro is legitimately 4'11". That girl's taller than Casey Catanzaro. No, I'm not so sure. I like. Oh, we'll see. I'm sure she's gonna face her. I think you're picturing her standing on top of her muscles. Maybe. Stop. (laughs) Stop. What's next up? (laughs) Next up is what's the main match? We'll call it the main event of matches, anyway. So it's that um, NXT Championship Fatal Four Way between Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Pete Dunne, LA Knight, and the newbie that saved Kyle O'Reilly after he got jumped. By who who jumped him? Rich Holland or Rich Holland and Pete Dunn. Oh, they both jumped him. Yeah. They did it during the women's match, so it was like a little Yeah. Cool. Disrespectful as fuck. I know. <laughs> so Pete Dunn and Rich Holland jump Kyle O'Reilly and Rich Holland can't find his way to be the one inside the four way match. What did Rich Holland get out of doing that? Not a damn thing. But he tried to help he tried to help uh, you know, the competition. I mean he tried to help his boy Pete Dunn. Limit the competition. Right. So. He helped Pete Dunn, but he didn't help himself. He didn't get shit out of that. And then what was his name? Von Wagner? Or... Yeah, something like that. Let me look it up. You know, I gotta. My memory is not what he. Von Wagner. Your memory is so good. Yeah, Von Wagner. Had a unique look, to say the least. Very ogreish look in the face. <laughs> I don't so know. Deep. But, uh, I mean, he had a good look. Like, he's muscular. You know, he, had, he did some good moves. He was very, you know, I, I mean, I saw some talent in him. He, he was athletic, oh, sure. you know, muscular guy. Big I mean, guy. He, he had some good moves on uh, LA Knight. Hit some good moves on Champa. I saw some, you know, I saw DDT here. I saw some slams. I was like, okay, this guy has something. You know what I mean? Uh, he almost won the championship, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for that knee, wasn't for that knee by Champa, and then Champa hit the fairy tale ending for the win, and LA Knight got pinned for the second time in the night. So, I mean, we had a wedding tonight, but next week maybe they should have a funeral for his career because yeah, it's not looking good for LA Knight right now. But, um, I personally thought they should want Pete Dunn. I um, agree, I don't understand why he keeps getting passed up time and time again. I mean, I, I, I love Chiamaso Champa, but he's already held the belt before. I just felt like we needed it's supposed to be 2.0, so I just kind of felt like new champion someone who hasn't held yes fresh hasn't held the belt before i was like okay let them give it to the youngest member in the well now the second youngest member because they put wagner in there von wagner but before that pete dunn was the youngest person in the match i was like okay looking for younger he's like 28 27 makes sense for him to be the champion he looks strong he can talk he can move yeah he's somebody who could definitely carry the company but for some reason they like to put him in the title matches and then not give him the title not really sure what that's about maybe they don't like his accent i don't know what's going on but he actually does a lot man he's but you can totally understand him you don't need subtitles it's not like a kushida or an io shirai who knows if vince likes that where you can't understand them at all, though. So I like I like Pete Dunn. I don't think I think his accent's fine, like you said, but who knows what Vince said? I just think once again, it's like let's put the bet on somebody that we know has held help has held the belt before. Mm-hmm. We can trust, and you can trust Champa. They went with somebody safe for sure. They are taking a lot of risks, putting a lot all these new people in the company. So maybe it was just something to you know comfort the fans. But 
Pete Dunne's been here for a minute. He's been in America for a minute now, all throughout the pandemic. I don't think it really would have been a big risk, but hey, they don't pay us the big bucks to review. I'm happy for Master Champa. It had been over almost three years, 908 days since he had been the NXT champion. He gets Goldie back. So he'll have a nice reign. Uh, next up is probably my wife's favorite part. So I'm going to let her take control of this because <laughs> I'm not into these weddings, man. But I know my wife loves these weddings. So. so I've seen a few wrestling weddings and they never have gone this smoothly. This wedding went so smoothly that I almost thought it was a legit wedding and they really got married like to each other for real. <laughs> Because literally, I kept waiting for something to happen, waiting for something to happen, and nothing really exciting really happened. I mean, we got to see the groom choke out the priest or whatever, so Beth Phoenix could be the official officiator, which I found to be completely unnecessary. She could have just been the officiator from the beginning. But I guess that was their way of making something interesting happen during the wedding and trying to keep us from being bored because, I mean, if you've ever been to a wedding... That's the boring part. Get me to the reception. Fuck. So, I mean... That's why she was wearing the suit. I guess. With that big-ass, obnoxious-ass... I'm not gonna go there. Anyway, definitely interesting to see all the people that they had chosen to be in the crowd tonight for this wedding. Uh, We saw a former champion, Io Shirai. And who else did we see? MSK is in the... In the audience. Odyssey Jones is... uh, Cameron Grimes. I mean, interesting to see who they chose. And interesting to see who we didn't see at all on this card tonight that also wasn't in the way. Raquel wasn't here tonight. I didn't see... Who are they ta- oh, I guess Io Shirai is the tag team champions now, huh? Mm-hmm. I forget about Zoe that. Stark. Yeah, I think I saw her over in the corner. Wasn't really sure. And then they had... Kushida was there. Yeah, Kushida was in the audience. And they had um, Austin Theory acting like a dumbass again. Asking, I guess they put Austin Theory in charge of the rings, which who's the dumbass that put Austin Theory in charge of the rings? I'm not sure. Well, but who have the rings, babe? The fucking weird ass, <laughs> the weird ass um, Asian guy that wears the crazy jackets from the breakout tournament. We don't even know his name. He hasn't even been on, been on TV enough for us to know his name. <laughs> and like, he had the rings. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> Johnny was like, do you know this guy? How do you know you can trust him? <laughs> Johnny Gargano doesn't even know this guy, and he works with him. So I'm not sure why he had the rings of all people. That was very, like, giving very comedic segment for no reason. Giving very, like... You talk about Damien... You talk about... Uh, you talk about uh, when Damien Priest came, he's like, uh, we need a priest, and he's, he has Damien yeah, Priest Yeah, theory is just... <laughs> Somebody help him. What about Dexter Lumis having an act showing the acts to people? Basically <laughs> saying, hey, if you guys try to interfere in this fucking wedding, I'm going to act your ass up. Does anybody here have a reason why these two should not be together and everybody raises their hand and then here comes Dexter Lumis showing everybody his acts? Suddenly, nobody has any objections. <laughs> or what about the one guy who got up? He was, I forgot exactly how it went. Bossy Jones sat him back down and shit. I forgot what the fuck he... Are you looking for a chase? I forgot what the hell it was, but... I don't remember what he said. Something stupid. Obviously, Jones sat him back down and got the wedding back on track. And then when um, they were doing their vows, the priest, the original priest, asked Dexter Loomis um, if he took Andy 
to be his lawfully wedded wife or whatever. And of course, Loomis didn't say anything because Loomis doesn't talk. And so the priest goes, well, I'll just take that as a yes. And that's when Dex Loomis reaches over, covers his mic, and proceeds to choke the man out. Well, so, remember, it was because he wouldn't say any vows. He also didn't say any vows, but... That's when the dude was like... He was fine not saying any vows and just giving the thumbs up. But apparently, he really needed to say, I do. So. Remember, though, he said, Indy, you sure you want to marry this man? Because he's not really saying anything. And that's when he started bullshit. Oh, did he say that? Yes. Oh, I he missed was that like, part. Yeah, he was like... You really didn't say anything? Like she just spilled your her her life oh, out to he you? Did yes. Say that. He was all, she just he was spilled all her heart out to you, but you're not gonna say anything. <laughs> and that's why he was like, all right. That's what set him off. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. why he had to go ahead and silence him up. The silencer. <laughs> silence his butt up. But we did get to hear Lewis talk for the first time ever when he said, I do to Andy. Very sweet, very cute. They really kissed, like a long, deep, passionate kiss. I'm telling you, it really looked like they were married for real. And then we saw Tommaso Ciampa watching the wedding, which I was just like, they really have people actually watching this. And that's when we saw Braun Breaker, Rick Steiner's son, Tom, like, welcoming him, uh, being like, congratulating Tommaso Ciampa on the championship, and then looking at his belt. Basically, seems like they're setting up a feud between Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa. Already this man is going for the belt. We already have this feud already starting. And that's how NXT ends. And it was a good, I think it was a good first episode of NXT. What do you think? It was a good episode. Definitely, I enjoyed it. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do with all these newbies. Got a lot of raw potential. Yeah, with that being said, let's get over this AEW Dino My. So, yeah, let's get on this dynamite, man. How does dynamite start off? I'm ready. So, the first match of the night was Adam Cole versus Frankie Kazarian. This is Adam Cole's debut match on AEW. Babe, what are you doing? You have to start off the right way. First of all, it's Adam Cole, baby. You're such a mark. You got to (laughs) give. You have to do it the right way when you talk about Adam Cole, baby. Okay. You can kiss Adam Cole's ass. I'm done. All right. That's how you first start alcohol. And before that, the first thing that happened, CM Punk came out to a humongous pop in New Jersey. And Punk did it again. He ran into the crowd, jumped into the crowd. CM Punk is so happy to be back. And he's going to give it to us in every single arena. I'm hoping we go see him in October does it to me I'm going to catch CM Punk I'm going to have a mask on though and I'm going to catch CM Punk and you're going to offer him a beer like the other dumbass I would definitely not do that <laughs> that was so dumb of that motherfucker knowing he is straight edge but anyway yes it was Adam Cole Bebe versus the elite hunter Frankie Kazarian it was a good match my boy Adam Cole looked great Kazarian looked great it went back and forth uh, Adam Cole hit the Panama Sunrise and then hit the last shot back of the neck for the one, two, three, and Adam Cole gets his first win in AEW. And then after the match, my boy Adam Cole Bebe says, Hey, 
The three people I'm sick of most, I can't stand already, are Jungle Boy, Christian Cage, and Luchasaurus. So with that being said, at AEW Grand Slam, which is AEW Rampage, next Friday, September 24th, it will be the Super Click, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus the New Jurassic Express, I like to say, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. I can't wait for that match. That's going to be a banger of a match. It looks like that's going to be a banger of a rampage, the way they're lining it up, but that's definitely going to be a good match. Oh, yeah, that rampage is going to also have CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. It's going to have Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus the Men of the Year, uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I'm excited for that card. Rampage is actually looking good. That's gonna be a million. That's gonna be a million viewer van rampage. Is that one gonna be live? I think so. It should be live. They had too many so. big matches for it not to be live. What was next up after that? So next up they have a backstage promo with Fuego del Sol, who basically says that he's gonna trade in his car for another shot at the TNT title. He's putting his car on the line to challenge Miro for a title match. I have to say, you know. Like I said, Tony Khan's booking. I'm. I like Tony Khan has booked a lot of good things. I, like I said, I like AEW uh, in general. You know, overall, I love it. But see, stuff like this is just dumb, bro. Like, why the fuck would someone sell their brand new car they just bought for the TNT Championship to fight Miro? To fight Miro, who already dragged you for mud. Like literally, he dragged him. It's just dumb because yeah, you're right. He's already beat him, and now he's gonna take. Now he's gonna. You know, you put your car up for sale. He's gonna take your car. You gonna fuck around and end up like a uh, Corbin when he was walking around with one shirt for six weeks. Yeah, it's just a waste of a rampage match. It's gonna be another two three minute, minute match, and I just don't see the point of it. So, uh, next thing up, just dumb. So next up is MJF comes out and. um agitates the crowd a little bit talking about his promo that he did last week for Brian Pillman and he brings up Methany again I mean it's very uncomfortable he told this man he looked up and said Mr. Pillman oh what am I talking about and looks down the disrespect because he's saying that man is in hell and says Mr. Pillman I'm like bruh Talking to dead people is like a bit like he really has no boundaries here. He basically did the Randy Orton back when Randy Orton feuded with Rey Mysterio when they bring up Eddie Guerrero and when uh, Randy Orton told Rey Mysterio, Eddie's not in heaven, he's in hell. And listen to the same shit he just did with the Brian Pillman shit. And I'm just like, all right, guys. Like, MJF is amazing or whatever. He doesn't get so much heat. But it's like, Jesus Christ, bro. Like, it's how very far do you, cringeworthy. How far can you take shit like this? It's very cringeworthy. So then we get a little pre-recorded interview between Jim Ross and Brian Pillman Jr. Where Brian Pillman says that last week was humiliating and he needs to see MJF get his ass whooped. <laughs> Folks, I'm just going to spoil this shit now. MJF's <laughs> not getting his ass whooped. Let's just keep it real. It's going to be a match where it looks like Pillman has a chance and we're going to see we gonna see uh, your boy, probably MJF, probably make him tap out to the salt of the earth armbar finisher. Which is let's just keep it real. I like Brian Pillman Jr. a lot, but he's not being MJF here. 
So then we had another promo with Jurassic Express and Christian Cage backstage. Yeah, he... Christian Cage shitted on Adam Cole here, man. Basically told him, you know, you couldn't win the Wednesday, you couldn't win the Wednesday Night Wars. You ain't gonna win uh, this Friday War. Told Said that the Young Bucks mopped him up from development to bring him here. Shitted on the whole NXT or whatever. And uh, it was a good promo by my boy Christian Cage. Jungle Boy said Bay Bay. So, you know, it was cool or whatever. Um, it's gonna be a great little match. Seeing Jungle Boy finally have a little bit of uh, charisma was good to see. You know what I mean? He, Some attitude. His charisma. I mean, he rest, his wrestling charisma, but on the mic, you know, he's not the greatest. But it was kind of good to see him talk a little bit and then actually have a little bit of charisma. So Confidence. He had a lot of, yeah, he had some more confidence. So next, match, next match is uh, FTR versus Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Now, I've been seeing this Dante Martin kid here and there. Tonight, I saw what you were saying, because I remember you telling me he was good. And he's pretty fucking athletic. Not really sold on this Matt Seidel kid. Dante <laughs> Martin. Pretty fucking athletic. Well, Matt Seidel, nothing really impressive. Listen, Seidel is a veteran of the game. He used to be in WWE as Evan Bourne. You can be whatever promotion you want to be. I'm not sold. He was good back in the day. Now, he he's... He's a veteran. He's average. I feel like he's like the Dolph Ziggler of AEW. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I see him at Sidell now. He's not what he used well, to be. Well, he might as well go ahead and join the gun club and be with Billy Gunn because that's how he was out there looking. <laughs> so, Dante Martin is going to be a star in this company at some point. FTR, though, got the win with the big rig. FTR is, to me, still the best tag team in the world. I mean, I know people love to say the Young Bucks and uh, the... Uh, Lucha Brothers, they all can fly. They can fly around and stuff like that. That's great. But I'm talking about pure tag team wrestling. All right, Cornette, calm down. You know, what I mean, pure <laughs> tag team wrestling. FTR is the greatest tag team right now. They are still so good. So then the commentary team brings up Suzuki's incident where his music did not play before his match. CM Punk says something about him being serious about how they take him or how they perceive him or something like that. And now he's all upset because his music didn't play. This is the worst. This is the creative we got with the Suzuki stuff. They really can't make me care about the Suzuki guy or any of these Japan guys that bring over here. They really have no way of getting them over at all. They're here for the smart marks, dude. The fans who... I'm sorry. I know probably people that listen to this are going to be mad when I say this shit, but listen. These are for the fans who literally watch Live, Eat, Breathe Wrestling. I'm talking about every company every day. They don't watch really anything else. I'm talking about they watch the New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Japan Pro Wrestling, PWG, you know what I mean? Ring of Honor, Impact. This is for them that watch everything. That is why this man's over here. Okay? A lot of people really don't probably care about it. Like, actual just casuals or like, who's this fucking old-ass Asian dude walking around here? How's this old-ass Asian dude hanging in the ring with John Moxley? We're both, they're supposed to fear this guy? You know what I mean? Like, this is from the casual scene when he comes on his TV screen. They don't, mm-hmm. When you look at him, you don't think this man is someone who's going to whoop your ass. Mm-hmm. You look at him, you're like, what's up, Master Muwagi? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> 
grasshopper. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to take this man seriously like that. So it's just like, you know, it is what it is. So then, you know, we have the segment where Malachi Black comes out, makes a grand entrance, as they say, and gets on the mic, says there's an enemy among us. And then the camera shows to none other than Rosario Dawson wearing a Nightmare Family jacket. So obviously... And I know you hated every minute of that. I know you... I think you like Rosario Dawson, so I know you didn't like seeing her with that Nightmare Family jacket. Yeah, I mean, I like her as an actress. I was just like, what is she doing here? She's a wrestling fan now? Like... And then I saw the Nightmare Family jacket. I'm like, fuck, she's with Cody? And her name is on it too, Rosario. Like, come on, bro. In case people didn't know who she was. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Who doesn't know who Rosario Dawson is? Like, this is a fucking joke. And then I'm making the connection to the Nightmare Family. I'm like, oh, Cody is supposed to be back this week. And of course, here he comes in his red suit. Yay. Couldn't wait. Was I the only one that thought he should have been in the suit? (laughs) Because you're ready to fight, right? Yeah, you're why- coming to attack somebody else. You should be ready, right? Why are you in a suit? If anything, Malachi should have been in a suit because he didn't come out here to fight. Yeah, that's why I was like, wondering, I was like, so why did he have to be in a suit? It's like, this man feels like because he's an EVP and he represents the company, he wasn't to be in a suit. I'm thinking, bro, that must be, be exhausting. <laughs> yeah, he should be wearing the Nightmare Family jacket too, in my opinion, but. It is what it is. Right. There's a way to represent the company and not have to be on all the time. Don't forget, Rosario jumped on this man's back, Malachi Black's back. Oh, she's really in the family, huh? Jumped on his back. You would think she's breastfeeding from Brandy's too, the way she's defending this man. And folks, the only reason, you're probably wondering, why did Rosario Dawson never see her on AEW ever? Cody is a part of this show called Go Big Show. She's a part of the show. This is probably just to hype up the show, to be honest. That's why only reason she probably did it. I hate when they do that shit. I hate when they do that shit. That's why Snoop Dogg was on the show that one time. Because oh he was part God. of that Go Big Show, too. And the worst frog splash. Talk about the worst frog splash you've ever seen. <laughs> Sasha Banks was, like, she was so embarrassed. embarrassed. She was embarrassed as hell. So embarrassed. You're supposed to be my cousin. Not only are you going to go on the competitive show, but you're going to do my move and do it trash? Awful. I can't believe they him hit that on somebody. <laughs> and he was so proud of himself. Anyway, next match, Jade Cargill versus Layla Hirsch. That's your girl, babe. Jade Cargill, take it away. I'll let you do all that when you like to do. I don't really get it. Jade Cargill, she's that bitch. As Is simple she? as that. She's that bitch. Is she? Looking like Storm, this bitch. But is a, that what she's going for? You know what I mean? That's what I think so. Because if you look at her entrance, it's like a storm in the beginning of it, and you like hear the storm, or whatever. And then you see like she's you wears. You're paying attention to the details. She wears like the gray hair or platinum whatever. Platinum. So yeah, platinum. Yeah, same as like Halle Berry or whatnot. But yeah, Did she. Did you just compare Jade Cargill to Halle Berry? I'm just saying that's what she's kind of going for. I think that's what she's trying to go for. But <laughs> you're doing too much. Listen, um, always doing too much. Jay, you know, she looked good in this match. I mean, I don't have anything negative to say about Jay. I mean, look at her. You know what I mean? Muscular. Oh muscular as hell. Dominant. This is my problem with Jade Cargill. Is that my husband constantly wants to compare her to Bianca Belair. And I really just don't... I don't want that comparison. They're both big. They're both muscular. And that's where it stops. Because the bike skills, the charisma, the whole attitude is very different. 
It's very different. Listen, I Bianca told, Belair is a professional. I try to tell my wife, she's not listening, that the reason Jay Cargill is here is because of Bianca Belair. Literally, when Bianca started getting popular, that's when Jay just started popping up. I honestly think this is the competition for Bianca Belair. They're like, we need a African-American woman in our company. And they're like, whoa, look at Jay Cargill. Muscular type of thing. You see how she is. She calls herself that bitch. You see you see how uh, Bianca acts. Girl, uh-uh. They're trying to do the <laughs> same thing for Jade. That's what, that's what the end-all, be-all is. They're pushing Jade. Jade is undefeated. She's 15-0. and 0. Does you guys remember Bianca when she got on the main roster? She didn't lose to anybody. She had, like, no losses. So, But they also weren't pushing her right away, either. They had her doing dumbass she, shit she, with Bailey obstacle courses and but shit. She was always, but she shit. was always winning, though. That's what I'm saying. She always was taking W. She was always getting W, stuff like that. So, I mean, I think Jade has a long way to go. A long way. But I think Jade is going to be a great champion one day. One she, day. She has the charisma to get there. So it's going to take some time. But she did get the win. And she looked impressive. But legit, Layla Hirsch is also impressive. Hit a German suplex. Hit some drop kicks. Uh, just She's just legit. Layla Hirsch is a good wrestler. Hit a suicide dive, whatnot. She missed the moonsault. And then uh, Jay hit her special. I think it's a leaf blower. Lung blower. And uh, she got the win. So very impressive by Jay. Jay continues her progression, her growth, and uh, I can't wait to see what's next for So, up next was a pre-recorded promo from Andrade. Um, apparently, he's very upset with Chavo because he had Chavo or had Andrade's assistant interfere with his match, and so he was expressing his frustration with Chavo. I'm really thinking that Chavo's on his way out, Doug. Well, Chavo's done. He's not going to be part of the group anymore. That's why you didn't see him this uh, week. Um, obviously. I don't know what they're going to do with him moving forward. Are they going to let him go from AEW? Are they going to find something else for him to do? But I'm definitely thinking they're trying to make room for Ric Flair here. It's definitely for Ric Flair. Ric Flair's going to be taking over. And Andrade needs Ric Flair in the worst way. His English is not there still. And they and they have to put up subtitles. So they, they really put up subtitles? Yes, they put up subtitles. I just... I just think that, you know, the faster Ric Flair gets here, the better. I'm not with. And the other guy, the Jose, the other guy's with him. It's like, why are you here? Assistance is dumb. You don't, you know, it's just too much. Just put Ric Flair with him and call it a day. Him, Ric Flair with him is going to get him way more over than anybody else you could put with him. Yep. Except for maybe Charlotte. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which Tony Khan wishes, right? Yeah, he does. So next up, Taz comes out to the commentary booth and he has Hook with him. And I guess he's accusing CM Punk of taking his job, which if Taz is here, why has Taz not been on commentary on Taz does not do dynamite. You know, he just does rampage. I don't, see, this is dumb. I don't even know why CM Punk was even fun for that bait. Why they have fun for the bait? I'm dumb. Everyone knows that was ignorant. He's on rampage, not on dynamite. It was all set up to get powerhouse Hobbs to jump him and then you saw what happened. Jumped him and then Hook put CM Punk in a dragon sleeper. I'm like, Hook does moves now? Really weird. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's wrestling. I'm like, he's been All practicing right. behind the scenes, huh? And then Powers House Hawes put CM Punk through the table with like a choke slam. So, 
So they did that, and then we get to this match with Darby Allen versus Sean Spears. Yeah, uh, Darby Allen, Sean Spears. It was an okay match. I mean, nothing great. I mean, I guess there was like good storytelling with the match with them. Uh, with Sean Spears trying to take off Darby Allen's uh, face paint and, um, you know, interference by Tully Blanchard here and there. And then uh, getting on the match went. Um, Darby Allen hits his like little springboard stunner um, on uh, Spears. Spears falls down on the steel steps that were put like in the middle of the outside of the ring. Darby hits his crazy suicide dive on Spears, puts him back in the ring. It's the coffin drop for the win. After the match, uh, FTR comes in and they jump Sting and Darby. And then Tully Blanchard now wants to take Sting's face paint off. So we get a setup for next week's Dynamite. We're going to have Sting and Darby Allen versus FTR. Should be a good match. If it was up to me, I'm sure I'm going to get this wrong. But FTR should definitely be winning. See, I'm somebody who feels like if you've been a team for a long time and you've been a great team like FTR, you should not be losing to someone who hasn't been a team that long like Darby and Sting. But see, they're not going to, they're going to let Darby and Sting probably go over. So that doesn't always fit the storyline. You know, I just think, you know, once again, and I, I love Sting. I love him to death. Big Sting fan. <laughs> Since the 80s. Um, not even that old, Doug. I'm not that old, but I watched a lot of the <laughs> WCW back then when Sting was coming up. And obviously in the 90s. Woo! You know what I mean? Like, I'm with Sting, the Stinger. But he is in his 60s, and he should not be out here beating these 30-year-old men. Like, this makes no sense. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just dumb. He got hit with a chair by Tully Blanchard, and he no-sold the chair shot. So it's like, dude, he's 60-something years old, guys. Like, you know, I just feel like... He needs to be there to. It ain't supposed to be out. Be about him anymore. It's supposed to be about Darby <laughs> Allen. You want him straight putting over talent at every chance he gets. I really think that's what he should be here for. He hasn't put on over anybody yet, so I'm just kind of like. He's getting Darby over right now. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> um, what's next up? Brian Danielson comes out to the ring, and um, apparently Don Callis comes out to cut him off with Kenny Omega trailing behind him. So, obviously, we're going to have a confrontation between Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega because Daniel Bryan wants to fight Kenny Omega. And apparently not for the belt, which I found quite surprising. But that's a nice way to save Kenny while Bryan gets the win. So, you already know what they're setting up here. Well, before all that, let's talk about when Don Callis and Omega first came out to the ring what Kenny Omega was doing. This is your AEW champion, guys. Oh, you want to talk about the shirt in the mouth? <laughs> this man had his shirt in the mouth the whole way down. I'm like, Jesus Christ. This man is a complete joke, bro. Like, he is a joke. Like, not not serious really at all, bro. Like, even with this segment, it took basically Dan Bryan saying he had no balls for him to get serious and accept the challenge. Like, it's just so funny. Because Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Unbelievable what he does in the ring. As they call him, the god of professional wrestling. So, I mean, it's going to be a great match next week. I cannot wait. Like, Kenny Omega, Brian Danson, it's a dream match for sure. 
it's going to be a hell of a match. But like my wife said, you know, no belt on the line. So I think that tells you who's winning that match. I mean, that gives it away for sure. It still is going to be a hell of a match, and I can't wait to see it. Um, good promo work by Don Callis. Good promo work by Brian Danielson. Um, Omega only said yes and whatever. But, <laughs> you know. But I can't wait. What's the next segment? Well, the next segment is pretty much the last segment because we're going to talk about the main event of the night, which is John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus 2.0, which... Never did I think that 2.0 was going to be considered a main event, but. The worst main event in AEW Dynamite history. I would love for someone to show me a worst main event. No offense to Everize, aka 2.0, but they are the biggest jokes. They were in NXT and they're even bigger jokes here in AEW, in my opinion. To me, they're still one of the biggest jokes in professional wrestling. I don't care if you put Daniel Garcia with them, who's supposed to be serious. This team has no reason they're in a main event against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Like the match shouldn't even win as long as it went. Those two are jobbers. That match should have been on AEW Dark. I agree. Definitely a squash match. AEW Dark Elevation, whatever. It should never be a main event of no damn AEW Dynamite. It was only to set up. Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer because they're going to have that match next week on the big show. It's going to be Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And I probably expect John Moxley and Eddie Kingston to win just because there's a, those are two AEW talents against one AEW talent and a talent that's not an AEW. So I just don't know how I keep feeling about like the predictability of knowing like when these people come over, they're not going to win. You know what I mean? At some point, you have to have, you know, when you bring people over, someone has to win, dude. Like, it just seems so obvious. You know what I mean? You have kids to come over, kids mm-hmm. lose. You have Especially come when over, there's no lose. belt on the line. It just yeah, it's like, doesn't make any sense. You know when these people come over, they're going to lose. You know, you're not coming over here to put, to win over your own talent. You know what I mean? It's crazy because same thing with impact. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of the impact talent, like, that was supposed to come over. They're not, they're not going to win. You know what I mean? Now, Gallows and Anderson are part of the elite. So, yeah, they'll get some wins because they're part of the elite. But, you know, a lot of people, when they come over here, they're not getting wins. So, yeah, it's cool, whatever. But I'm, I'm going to hope that this feud gets over with and that's it after this. I don't want to. I need to see John Moxley in a feud with an AEW wrestler again. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much talent in AEW. You don't need to keep going. To Japan for any more talent. There's so much the talent over huge. there. It is, yeah, it's a huge, huge roster. A lot of stars in this roster, and I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with him. So, this dynamite to me wasn't the strongest dynamite. I'm gonna give it a, still a passing grade, a seven out of ten. I'm thinking to next week's dynamite is probably gonna get a ten out of ten. If it doesn't, I'll be very surprised. This week was more like a six for me. Uh, NXT 2.0. It's a good start. I'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of ten. Um, I can go seven and a half. I see that. I do like, you know, some of these new stars that they're gonna build up here. And, and I wasn't uh, sure if I was gonna like a lot of these new people, but so far, I think for the most part, they've been pretty good. Like four out of five. You know what I mean? They're pretty good. 
Yeah, they got some. They got some talent over here. We're gonna see if they can continue building up and see where they're gonna go with them. There's gonna need to be a lot of progression. B Fab, we need to see some new things out of her, but mm. we're not gonna be too hard on her. No, I'm gonna be hard on her. Well, the wife's gonna be hard on her. I'm gonna try to take <laughs> it easy on her, but I'm excited to see the progression from all the talents, and we're gonna keep uh, giving you great content. We're gonna keep reviewing. NXT and AW Dynamite on Wednesday night. So, that being said, I am LA Gray. I'm BJ Gray. And we are the Gray Gang. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.